Today, many students go to college with numerous questions about their faith, yearning to know if the seed planted in them as a child is both true and practical. Using the miracle on the road to Emmaus as a model, young adult ministers conversed weekly for three months with college students about the most pressing questions they had about the Catholic faith. As they journeyed together virtually, something amazing happened. Doubts disappeared, fears faded, and Jesus revealed that he is still alive. Hearts Burning Within Us, the latest book from Patchwork Heart Ministry, is a result of that grace-infused conversation. It is the perfect back-to-school gift for recent high school graduates and current college students. Get your copy for them today at patchworkheart.org or by calling 424-704-3278. That's 424-704-3278. Welcome to the Sowing Hope Podcast. This is a show all about implanting hope in our hearts. I'm Bill Snyder, joined by my friend Ann DeSantis. We're glad you're here for our uplifting conversation about faith and how it sustains our hearts through all the seasons of life. Thanks for walking with us. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Sewing Hope. I am Bill Snyder. It's great to be with you today. Uh, as always, I am joined by my wonderful co-host, Ann DeSantis. Ann, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great, Bill. Good to be here on Sewing Hope. It is. It is. And I do remind our listeners that my six-month-old may be uh, chiming in from time to time behind us, cooing and stuff like that. But I know we have a wonderful guest uh, with us today. We have an amazing guest coming to us from New York City. Her name is Barbara Lee, and I'm going to read her bio. She's a spiritual director who lives in New York City and ministers to older adults, the retired empty nesters, and people who have suffered various kinds of losses. She is a retired attorney, a former U.S. magistrate judge, and a long-serving member of the Ignatian Volunteer Corps, an organization of retired people inspired by Ignatian spirituality to do volunteer work among the poor. She is the author of the book, God Isn't Finished With Me Yet, Discovering the Spiritual Graces of Later Life. I'm just so excited to have you on the show, Barbara. Thank you. I'm very glad to be here. Yeah, you're, you're doing amazing work. We would love to start out with your own journey as to how you got into what you're doing now. Um, obviously, you know, you're an older adult and you are experienced, you're, you love your faith and you're spreading it to other people and you're keeping yourself active, yes. which I think is just an amazing thing because um, not all people who reach a certain age, uh, I don't know, I won't give that age, but sometimes they kind of give up on, on life and give mm -hmm. up on doing good things. So mm -hmm. I thank you for all the wonderful things that you're doing. Well, it's all God's grace. That's the, the short answer. But, you know, you mentioned age, and I think it's really important not to think in terms of numbers. Um, in the retreats that I've given and parishes that I've spoken to, I have met people in their 80s who were active and vibrant and people in their 50s who were fragile and homebound and so forth. So there's no one number. I think I define 
older adults in terms of some of those life experiences that you just mentioned, people who are retired, empty nesters, and the various kinds of losses that we all experience as we age, the inability to do certain things that we used to like to do, and outliving some of the people that we love. The longer we live, the more that happens. My own journey, you know, I have always loved cats, and so I don't yet have nine lives, but I've had at least four. <laughs> uh, I started out as a young lawyer at a time when um, there was still a lot of professional obstacles to women in the profession. Um, I became a partner in a law firm, which later broke up, which is not unusual law firms. <clears throat> and so I set out on my own and was glad to have the opportunity to spend more time with pro bono activities and things that I couldn't do with as a partner in a law firm. And then I became a judge and that was a whole different experience when I learned the hard way that you can't change the system. The best you can do is to do justice in the individual case before you. And there's a lot of sorrow and a lot of frustration at all the, the anguish in the world. Um, I took early retirement and I took care of my mother for a few years. And when she died, I joined the Ignatian Volunteer Corps. And for 16 years, I taught English at an immigrant services center. That was a truly wonderful experience. Most of my students were Chinese and they were all so eager to learn. It was just full of grace. Um, in the course of practicing Ignatian spirituality, because in, in Ignatian volunteers, we have retreats and days of recollection and spiritual directors. I, the only way to describe it is that I experienced a call to become a spiritual director. And my first reaction was to laugh, go back to graduate school at my age. Are you kidding me, Holy Spirit? And the Holy Spirit uh -huh. said, no, I'm not kidding. <laughs> so, um, but I came to realize later on that I had this call late in life because my call is to serve people in my own age group. And I couldn't do that when I was 40 or 50, but I could do it now. So I, I spent three summers at Creighton University, which is a wonderful Jesuit school in Omaha that has a terrific program for spiritual directors. It's ecumenical and it's international and really tough people. And uh, shortly after I finished and got my certificate, my first book came out, which is um, the one you mentioned, the God isn't finished with me yet. And that led to an explosion in requests for spiritual direction and invitations to give retreats and so on. So it was really a confirmation that my call was to older adults who are greatly underserved in the church as well as in the rest of society. And one of the ways that older adults are underserved is that 
we very rarely hear homilies that are directed to our issues. We have, and, and in addition to that, uh, parish activities often focus on families and young adults and children. There's nothing wrong with that, but uh, we're here too, you know. So that led to my second book, which is the one that came out this summer, Answering God's Call, a scripture-based journey for older adults, which gives us scriptural role models for older adults. Now, for example, uh, Anna and Simeon and Elizabeth are all parts of the Christmas story, but we usually hear about Anna and Simeon in terms of the presentation of Jesus in the temple and how Mary and Joseph obeyed the ritual law and so forth and so on. And I've never heard anyone preach a homily about how Anna at age 84, a widow who was completely invisible in a patriarchal society, recognized the infant Jesus and went about telling the whole world, the Messiah has come. I mean, what a fantastic grace to this woman who had been invisible. So um, that's probably a longer answer than you expected, but that's a summary of my several spiritual journeys and how I got to where I am. Uh, you know, that's so, so beautiful, Barbara. And thank you so very much for uh, sharing it. And uh, I think you have uh, certainly a beautiful call in the church to serve and to uh, witness to those older adults. I would, I would love um, for you to maybe just highlight, are there any areas because because I, I also find your profession, what you did, you know, before you retired, so fascinating and so many different levels. Um, you know, serving in the, you know, you know, judicial system and all of that. So I, do you find that any of that is a help um, to, to you uh, as you minister? Uh, and in what way? Surprisingly, yes. Um, I mentioned earlier that um, I learned the hard way that you can't change the system, that all you can do is do justice in the individual case before you. And I really think that that applies in the life of the spirit, because, I mean, I see all kinds of things that need improvement, and I, I, I'm frustrated that the church doesn't do enough for social justice problems. In, in America, our bishops are so hung up on abortion that they don't pay attention to people suffering. But I can't solve that problem. What I can do is help my individual directees have a better understanding of where God is present in their lives and what they're called to do. And I have some who really feel called to work with the poor and to do things, social justice activities and so forth. So um, we all can do what we can do. We can't do everything, but what we can do in our own lives can be so important as we touch other people and they touch others. And I like to think of tossing a pebble into a lake and watching the ripples reach out. And I'll tell you one story about that. When the, when the new book came out this year, we couldn't do a, a normal launch party. So we had a visual launch and did the best we could for to have people spread the word. And Mary McGinnity, the president of Ignatian Volunteers, who hosted the event, 
about a month later, forwarded an email from a woman who wrote to her and asked if she could put her in touch with me because she had worked at my law firm in 1980. And I remembered her. She was a young girl just out of high school then, and she's an evangelical Christian who always had her Bible with her. Well, now she's a minister and a hospital chaplain. And she was moved. She bought the book immediately after seeing the launch and she's using it in her hospital chaplaincy. And, you know, 40 years ago, who knew? The ripples reach out to everybody. Yeah, that's incredible. Thanks for sharing. I just love your journey. I, and, uh, and after this podcast, I'd love to talk to you more. Sure. Um, because even I myself, um, I'm not um, a little, I'm slightly beyond middle age and over 55. So, you know, you're in that category of someone who all of us are growing older, right? But we're headed in that direction. So uh, I just thank you so much. Now, um, and also just to address what you were saying, uh, you know, our Catholic faith has to be from conception right until natural death and mm-hmm. and we can't forget any of those parts and right and and um i myself am pro-life and involved in that oh, so am i i didn't yeah. mean to denigrate yeah, that, that, that for a minute <laughs> oh i understand but i agree with you it's got to be what is is from conception and remember all those parts in between right we have to remember those social justice areas too and i think that's uh beautiful that you're working there and doing that um and I also uh, wanted to address, if you could, now we get listeners from all over and, and we do get quite a few of people who are over the age of like 55 or 60. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, and first of all, I would like to say that in my own opinion, I think that the heart of the evangelization movement, the heart of it is, is with our older adults. They are more than ever the ones who are the most interested in evangelizing young people and middle age, aren't they? Yes, I mean, yes, so in that way, I think the older people like you and, and anyone in your age category, either below or above, um, I know at my own church, like say daily mass, mm-hmm. you know, daily mass is mostly people uh, who are older, mm-hmm. you know, and, mm-hmm. and I go, I'm, I'm going to be 57. And I feel like sometimes like I'm one of the babies, you know, yeah. Uh, you know, you're laughing. You understand what I mean. I do. But, yeah. it's, um, but what I'm going to say is that uh, I think people in your age category and even in mine need to see that it isn't over yet for you. Right. You know, you have so much more to do. If somebody's watching this podcast right now and thinking, wow, it all sounds great. I wish I could do more for the church and I'm over the age of 60 or, or however old. Would you have any words of advice for them so that they can be encouraged? Absolutely. I would say two things about that. And the first is that Pope Francis, who is himself an older adult, Mm -hmm. has had a lot to say about the wisdom of older adults and that we need to have more intergenerational interaction where we learn from the younger people what some of the problems of the world are, and they learn from our wisdom. And I've quoted him in both of my books because he's had a a lot to say about that. Um, The other thing is that as I have experienced, and especially as I wrote about in the second book, Answering God's Call, God calls us in different ways at different times in our lives. 
So when we retired from paid work or when our children and grandchildren are all gone, then we're called to something else. Now, some people who may have poor health or poor financial problems may, may be called to prayer and others may be called to something more active, some kind of volunteer work or something in the family. Um, and we need to pray for discernment. Do not assume that life is over because we don't have a job anymore. Do not assume that life is over because the grandchildren live on the other side of the country. See what God is asking us to do now. God is full of surprises. He is. It, it's just, uh, it's really a wonderful thing to talk with you. I mean, right before this podcast started, I was just sharing with you my own experience with the older adults in my life close by and, and how, you know, you want to encourage people. And, and I try to do that to encourage them that there's still so much more for you to do, to see. <clears throat> and even if you can't, like you made some great points. If your grandchildren live on the other side of the country, or if you aren't able to do what you used to do physically, it doesn't mean that you can't pray. It doesn't mean that you can't be and are, you are a member of the Catholic faith, right? right. I mean, of right. the universal church. Right. right. Um, I just think the point that you just made though about older adults and, and sometimes how churches do get caught into focusing on young adults. I mean, everybody wants to, uh, to evangelize the young people because they say, oh, you know, they're not going to church or they don't care about their faith. They're not getting married in, in the Catholic yeah. church or, you know, all those kinds of things or, and, or, right. Their families that maybe their kids go to the church school and they're very focused on those activities. Oh, proper concerns. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Stay, do away with them. But just don't forget. Just don't forget. Yeah. yeah. Would you have advice also? I wondered because um, we get a lot of also people who are pastors and, and mm -hmm. people who are in ministry. Mm -hmm. What do you think that individual churches, dioceses, archdioceses, what can they do to include <laughs> their older adults a little more often in terms of utilizing their talents. Yeah, I have several suggestions along those lines. The first is to schedule some parish activities in the daytime, Saturday or Sunday after the principal mass, or now at my parish, we have a book club that meets in the daytime because many older adults do not like to go out at night, especially in parts of the country where they have to drive. So that's one thing. In our parish, we found that we have some daytime events and they're attended not only by older adults, but by mothers of school children or by people who work odd hours. The second thing is to really pay attention to accessibility. And I know that some of the older churches, it's really expensive to do any major alterations, but very often there are smaller things that can be done. Um, just have chairs that are a little more comfortable than those awful metal folding chairs, which give no support to your back. That's not a problem when you're 20, but believe me, it is a problem when you're 75. Um, it's amazing the things that you can do on a Saturday that will accommodate people of all ages, have a day of recollection for Advent or Lent, have um, 
some kind of a prayer forum where you have people come and speak about different ways of praying, maybe have a scripture study. Now that would cost money because you'd have to have um, a qualified person teaching it, but some of these things don't cost um, a lot of money. But above all, I would say, don't make stereotypical assumptions about older adults or about what our needs are. One of the women that I interviewed for my first book told me that she had gone to her pastor and complained that there really wasn't anything for older people in their parish. And his response was to schedule bus trips for older people. I don't know where they went, casinos or shopping malls or wherever. Okay, that's not, we don't need to be entertained. We need to be integral parts of the community with an opportunity to share our wisdom. And one way of doing that, I don't know of any parish that specifically that I can name, but I know some parishes do this, have an oral history project. Encourage uh, teenagers in particular and young adults in general to interview their grandparents or older adults in the parish and get their stories and put them together in some, some form. That has the intergenerational uh, activity that Pope Francis is talking about. And it also really values the wisdom of older people and establishes an archive. So I would hope that some young people would pursue that idea. Uh, so those are some of the ideas and. Uh, oh, I love it. I, I, so many things that you said. I have to address the thing about the chairs though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I agree with that wholeheartedly, even myself at my, I think even you said at 75, I mean, I think sometimes even at 55 or, or 60, you can feel yeah. it. And uh, it is important not to uh, use those, you know, something that's extremely uncomfortable for the back. No, yeah. it's a good investment, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, it is. And sometimes older churches that have a lot of stairs can find ways to make one meeting room accessible or something without spending a lot of money, but mm. needs a little imagination and research. No, it's just beautiful because I think you are a wonderful uh, spokesperson for older Catholic adults. Uh, I would say, you know, maybe we should take this even further. You would be a good uh, national, I think, national spokesperson for, for it. Don't you, Bill? I mean, because really, this is something that we need to look at. This is our older generation is they are a treasure. And we never want to forget those lessons. I mean, I was very close with my grandmother, my mother's mother. Unfortunately, I didn't know my father's mother. She died when I was three years old. But my mother's mother was like um, just the most wisest person. And, and she just passed on so much to me, which I now pass on to my kids and, uh, and others. So, um, but anyway, would you have any other words to say about your experience as an author? Because this is really wonderful work that you're doing as an author. And what's next for you too? Well, um, I'm still writing and I don't talk about what I write until it's written, <laughs> but I am still writing. I haven't been able to give any retreats during COVID, but I hope that will eventually change. And I'm not sure what you mean about natu national spokesperson, but I'm available. 
Oh, I, I, I don't know. I see it. I do <laughs> see it. I don't know. Bill's smiling. I think he does too. Um, I think that we need, you know, just like we have models and actors and people who are promotes, you know, and even in the Catholic church, we have Catholic like so-called celebrities, right? Mm -hmm. Like people who in the Catholic church that they become the speaker or this presenter that everybody, oh, you saw this person. Oh, that's so wonderful. You know, I think with you, yeah, because you have such a great message uh, that needs to be heard, that needs to be seen and that needs to be lived out and for churches to say, hey, she's a great role model. You, you are, I, I, I speak from my heart. I speak from my heart, Bill knows that too. Yeah, uh, I try to be, but again, it's yes. all the Holy Spirit. It really is. It's all grace. It's not me. It's all Amen. grace. Amen. <laughs> no, you're humble. You're very humble. I'm um, realistic. <laughs> let's let's mention again the two books and where people can buy them because I de I also definitely want people to have that knowledge of your books and where they're available. Okay, they're both published by Loyola Press, so loyolapress.com. And of course, they're both available on Amazon, but if you can uh, patronize Loyola Press, that would be wonderful. The first one, which came out in 2018, is God Isn't Finished With Me Yet, The Graces of Later, The Spiritual Graces of Later Life. And that is also available as an ebook. The one that came out in June of this year is Answering God's Call, a scripture-based awesome for older adults. And that's the one with all the role models. And uh, that is not yet available as an ebook, but I think it will be because the first one came out. The first one is also available in a Chinese translation. <laughs> um, and as I say, Loyola Press, Dot com and uh, they're wonderful people there their publishing is a ministry they're great people so mm. give them a plug wherever i can awesome awesome hey you might get a visitor some one of these days as i love to visit new york city so we'll okay. have to uh meet up at some point because I'd be delighted um, yes on a, on a very very side note okay i'll underline that side note is i do a little bit of acting and modeling for commercials. You know, a lot of people go to yeah. New York City for those things. And yeah, yeah. Uh, it's and so starting up it, again after. Uh, is it? Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll definitely have to um, connect. <laughs> okay. Uh, thank you so much. Did you have any final words before we end? No, thank you for having me. And I hope that your listeners will have a better appreciation of the role that older adults can play in the church and society. And remember always that let God surprise you. Amen. Let God surprise you. Barbara Lee, we would love to have you back again on Sewing Hope. Um, and I, I didn't know if our, uh, my co-host might want to say an ending word before we end this podcast. Sure. No, Barbara, I just want to thank you so very much for your witness. Uh, it has been awesome to listen to you, uh, speak. And just, uh, as I'm, as I'm, you know, with my little one here, my little six month old is just, uh, it, it's an amazing chain of witnesses to, to, to really experience. That's what you really talked about, uh, is it handing on the faith and also, uh, the role that each and every person has. So just thank you so very much. My uh, pleasure. 
look forward to certainly having you back. And Anne, thank you as always. Uh, but until next time, from all of us here at Patchwork Art Ministry, I'm Bill Snyder. Thank you so very much, and keep beating to your Catholic heart and sowing hope into broken hearts. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sowing Hope on Patchwork Heart Radio. For more information about this podcast and our ministries, visit our websites, patchworkheart.org and andesantis.com. You can also follow and interact with us on Twitter at PWH Ministry or andesantis2.